0: Hello and closer to episode four of Alternative Wales, the podcast. As always, I am joined by Wrexham legend Tommy Kouse. Tommy, how are you doing, mate? Oh, I
1: tell you what, that's the best intro yet, that, Ryan. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing okay. Are you all
0: right? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks very much. And joining us today is uh, Sarah McCready, uh, poet, Cardiff fan and general all-round top Welsh creative. How's it going, Sarah?
2: That's a lovely intro, thank you, right? No <laughs> yeah, I'm all right there. I'm happy to be here.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. So we'll get straight into it this week. Um obviously the football league season has finished. Um mixed well, I say it's a mixed bag for the sides. Uh, Swansea and Wrexham confirmed themselves in the playoffs. Uh and Cardiff whimpered away to a, a plucky eighth place finish. Um not much needs to be said about Cardiff, unfortunately, at the moment, but we will touch on them a bit later. Um but Newport what a what a what a great season in the end considering you know they, they finish in the playoffs and what more needs to be said like it's a huge feat in that league it's a, such a competitive league um you know and the mess around they had with rodney parade all season you know the horrific pitch and um the early cup run and obviously covid and stuff so it's it's, a, it's
1: been a success um tom have you got much to say about newport at the moment you know me, Ryan. I've never got anything to say about Newport after they dumped <laughs> us at the playoff final eight years ago. Not that I'm bitter, no. Um, no, joking aside, they've they've had a really really good season, um, and um, yeah, as as a Welshman, it's it's great to see him do so well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see now how they um, how they fare in the playoffs. They're playing Forest Green, and yeah. uh, obviously you've got Morecambe and Tranmere in there as well. I believe Tranmere are quite strong. Um, I know they finished seventh. Um, but yeah, I think you look at those four sides, and uh, you know, with the amount of points they've all uh, they've all got this season, um, it's going to be very tough for them. But yeah, best of luck to them. Um, it'd be great to see, uh, you know, all Welsh teams play at as high a level as they possibly can.
0: Absolutely, I think uh you said Tramir are strong i think they were unfortunately relegated on points per game last year they i think they were quite hard done by so they're going to be out for out for vengeance um and obviously Morecambe are a bit of a bit of a wild card in there i think they've got one of the lowest budgets in that league so yeah. fair play to them but uh all to play for for Newport obviously they got to the the, the final i think it was it two years ago and i think they actually lost to Tramir in there so hopefully they can go one better this time um yeah. but uh what what do you reckon on their season so far Sarah?
2: You know what i'm happy for them i genuinely mm. i'm really happy because i was like but i'm conflicted however because uh, as a welsh person i'm happy for them as a vegetarian i want forest green to do well <laughs> so what's this about you know i don't know where the loyalties lie but yeah no nah, like honestly uh i th- like i think it would be so cool um to see them like do well and mm. i remember having this memory you might have have a similar one like as a Cardiff fan and, and from someone from Cardiff, I remember watching like years ago um, a Welsh Cup game uh, against Newport, mm. and I remember they had like uh, like anti-Cardiff chants, and I was so surprised. I was just I was just a kid, and I was like, I, I don't understand. Where's <laughs> Where's that coming from? But, yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't realise it's it a weird thing. But... It's
0: a weird thing. At like, uh, I'm assuming you're a similar age to me, Sarah, '90s kids. Um, that obviously, as we've watched Cardiff and grown up, Newport have were never a football league side. I think they'd obviously they'd been and gone since at that point. So I was i I'd always want them to do well, but obviously I think for, for the older Cardiff fan and obviously Newport fans in general, there is a rivalry there. Um so it makes sense, right? It, of course they're, we're, like, you know, we're neighbours. Yeah, they're close we're closer to Newport than we are to Swansea. So it i I'd love to play them. Every every time the League Cup draw gets made, they're always the yes, ones I want to yeah. play. Um just to see you know, because like you said, you know in that the old f a w premier cup days the, that glorious tournament um that that we all miss dearly um that they used to did they, they used to turn up in good numbers at cardiff and and they'd be well yeah. up for it, so um yeah, hopefully we can um you know we can pl- play them at some point in the future. Um, but the way as it's going... As long as
2: it doesn't involve relegation, then I'm... Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: hopefully with, with Newport in the Championship yeah. rather than Cardiff in League One. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But you never know, the way it's going, uh, Tom, that we could have uh, a team, a Welsh team in the Premier League, the Championship, League One and League Two next year, Wrexham, yeah. on fire. I know there's still quite a few games to go, isn't there? Because obviously there was a big delay in the middle
1: of the season. Yeah. But they're looking good now for the playoffs. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very comprehensive win yesterday, right? Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it literally could have been 8 or 9-0. It really could have been yesterday. So, it was really good and and Jordan Davis, uh so I've been saying it all season as you know, uh, the guy is a class act. Mm. Um he will play for Wales one day. I'm going to keep repeating that every week until uh, until he gets the call up. I <laughs> actually think going off on a tangent a little bit here. I I would give him a, a space in the 26 for Whoa. the Euros. I really would. I really Wild would. Wild card. I, I really rate this guy so highly. Um, you know, you can tell he's gone away to Brighton for a couple of years, mm. and he's come back. And technically, he's just excellent. Uh, but anyway, enough of my uh, man love <laughs> for uh, for John Davis. Yeah, it was it was a really good win yesterday. We're playing well at the moment, um, and yeah, I, it just feels like we're we're just clicking into uh, into gear um, at the perfect time. Really.
2: Do you think you'll keep hold of? Well, at least, like much of your squad,
1: if you if you don't go up. Or... Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one because um, obviously you know usually I would say no, I think our better players would leave, but with having the new owners and, and a little bit of cash there, um, I think maybe uh, you know regardless of whether we go up or not, we'd be able to keep our best players this time. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting time at the moment. I, I think, I mean. Like I said before, I think John Davis is, is by far our best player. And since we've been playing him in position, um, he looks like he could play two, possibly three levels higher than the level he is now. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose it comes down to player loyalty, a lot of it. Um, mm. You know, it, it, John Davis is a local lad. He's a Wrexham fan. I'd like to think that, you know, he would he would stay with us for what is hopefully going to be uh, quite an exciting project.
0: Yeah, um, We'll touch on Jordan in a bit, um, but obviously Swansea, we all knew they were in the playoffs now two two weeks ago. Um, they, they're they going to face Barnsley, which is going to be a super tough game for them. Yeah. Uh, Barnsley are a really good side. Uh, we won't speak about them much. Uh, we haven't got a load of time, but uh, obviously the I think the first leg is a week Monday, so we will touch on, on their games uh, after they're played, um, but through gritted teeth, all the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, i just want to touch on a few um few things obviously now that the the club season is almost done what well it is for most of the, the 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 football league and um obviously there's a few games left in the national league and the premier league um cows who is your welsh player of the season at club level obviously sort of forgetting the international scene at the moment but who's who, who what welsh players are the best season do you think so far
1: well, clearly it's Jordan Davis. No, Fair enough. Joking. I'm, joking. I'm only joking. No, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for me, I think you'd probably have to say um, Kiefer Moore for mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, abs- absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, I, I, I think one uh, quite well-known journalist said earlier in the season, there's no way in the world this guy will get 20 goals. Well, even, <laughs> even at that time, um, I thought to myself, you know, you're an idiot for saying that. Uh, because he is a quality quality championship player and mm. you know he he doesn't look out of place at international level either which sometimes in the past with some of our old strikers for wales um you've we've you know called up guys from the championship and they've looked like a fish out of water a lot of the time mm. kiefer moore doesn't he looks comfortable at any level he plays and um, yeah for me he's he's my welsh player of the season definitely
0: sarah how good is he how good has it been watching him not only for Wales, but now Cardiff as well. And he's doing the business.
2: I know he's everything that uh, I wanted him to be and more. Honestly, I, I love this guy. Um, I think I love his his style of play. Um, I love that he's absolutely massive, but so elegant. <laughs> I, I believe that I would like, he's like uh, a big bloke doing ballet kind of thing. He's like balletic. And, and the only thing is like, there's it, always like, the end product as well you can always like you know you can love a player and you can um like kind of the way that the style of play and stuff but there's just the end product with him like he's really delivered for us and unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's uh you know he couldn't do it all by himself and it wasn't enough really in the end for us in the season but um, I really hope we can keep hold of him because he's just a joy to watch. Like he's uh, there's a, uh, the wallpaper on my phone at the moment is uh, <laughs> Kiefer Moore uh, stroking a horse. So a, <laughs> it's not a euphemism. <laughs> I'll send you the picture. Yeah,
0: yeah I, it's 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 a real shame that I haven't sort of seen him seen him play for Cardiff in person. Um, I was worried when when he joined because I feel like with with these sort of like cult heroes for Wales I think Hal robson carno is a really good example and I think Johnny Williams to a degree might become uh, an example of it is you see them play for Wales but you don't see them often and they've got this sort of cult status and you love them for it and they can do no wrong in your eyes Yeah. but yeah. when they come to your club and you watch them every week it's quite difficult eventually they, there's going to be flaws And if they don't perform, you're going to I I don't want to loathe them. Not loathe them as such. But like... yeah, Loathe them is definitely (laughs) harsh. But like, you know, have that sort of... Like, oh, he's starting again. Why won't they drop him? Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. Yeah. Which... And Cardiff, Cardiff has had a terrible run on strikers in the last decade. We have had... It's been some absolute shockers. You know, the fact that He's the first person to score 20 goals in the scene, season since Peter Whittingham in 2010. You know, that is that is unbelievable. And a lot can be said about Carlos' recruitment in that, you know, we haven't had a striker that's scored 20 goals since... Well, not even a striker. Anyone who scored 20 goals since Peter Whittingham in 2010. Um, so I was really worried about him coming in, being a flop, and losing that sort of... Um, that sort of cultness that he has for Wales, mm. um, but he's he's gone above and beyond expectations. He's like you said, Sarah. He's got everything about him. Like he's, he's graceful. He's a big man. He can put himself about, but he can also play with the ball on the floor. He, and he's just he's he's deceptively quick.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
0: he's an asset to any team. Um, he's you know he changed the way Wales changed Wales's fortunes. And I think if if Cardiff can get you know build a team around him. Then they're halfway there, really, you know, in terms of of, of going up. Do you um, think we'll
2: keep hold of him?
0: I think his age is gonna be on our side because he's 29, I think now, isn't he, or 28? He's a bit of a late bloomer, isn't he? Um, but you never know if he goes and bangs in three or four at the Euros. Yeah. You never know, Burnley or someone like that. You know, if they're looking to you know move on an Ashley Barnes or a Chris Wood, there's no yeah. better replacement. Really? Um, that's what i'm
2: worried about I'm like, oh.
0: yeah i know it would be such a shame um, to have had that season and um and we, we would never have been in the ground to see it but
2: it's uh it's so lovely like a kind of a side note to see the team like uh full of like so many welsh players i think mm. that's just it makes me so happy like, yeah
0: it... it's been such a long time hasn't it i think mm.
1: there was. I, I think yeah absolutely i think look from the outside looking in at cardiff um sort of thinking uh, and I'm knowing so many Cardiff fans you've been crying out for like three or four top Welsh players to to come to Cardiff because for so long you didn't have you know you maybe had one or two in the squad or whatever um so it is good to see Cardiff having so many because to be honest uh, Swansea over the last 10 15 years I, I've been uh, I've been playing or well, they've had a lot more Welsh players mm. than Cardiff, haven't
0: they? Yeah, I think if um, you look at the the makeup of the Welsh squad, you've got the older lads, like Ramsey, Ledley, Gunter, yeah. who were like that batch of Cardiff. But then bet- but then after that, it's yeah, sort of been Muslim dominated by, by Swansea lads, Dan James, Conor Roberts, Joe Roden, uh, Joe Allen, Ben Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is nice to see both teams producing. You know, that Reuben Colwell looks like a real player, so I'm really yeah, excited to watch him yeah. come through. Um, I'm so excited, man. Yeah, it's really nice to have those young lads, Mark Harris as well. I say he's young, he's 23 now, um, you know, playing for Cardiff. And it's just, it's something I've always wanted because, you know, with football and football teams, it's all about identifying with your club, I think. Regardless of what goes on on the field, you want to feel like the people playing for your club represent you. um, And that's what I get more out of Wales. And I've had this sort of really weird relationship with Cardiff where I have, you know... I don't think it always needs local lads because we've had some really good characters that have carried it, you know, like Saul Bamba and um, Mm -hmm. Aaron Gunnison and those sort of lads and uh, Sean Morrison. But it is nice now to have some sort of, you know, some Welsh representation in that team. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Um, I guess another shout for a Welsh club player of the season. Uh, I think Conor Roberts has had a great season. Um, yes. Yeah. He, I think he had a bit of a wobble last season, uh, as far as I'm aware. Speaking to Swansea fans, he, but he's really kicked on this season. I think he's he's scoring goals as well, playing on the right hand side. Um, he must have got at least five or six, I think, now this season. Um, yeah. And I think there was a point last year, maybe, where I was thinking maybe Nico could start over him, but I, he's a guarantee for for me at right wing back or even right back for the squad.
1: I think yeah, I was someone who uh, perhaps wanted Nico Williams to start um, ahead of Conor Roberts for Wales, but um, I think the season that Conor Roberts has had, um, you know, I think he's added consistency to his game. He's he's a good attacking threat and defensively he's improved. His all-round game has improved. You'd have to say. Um, So yeah, I think at the moment he starts for Wales, Mm. um, but yeah, certainly he he'd be up there with um, with. Big key for more as uh, as one of the players of the season at club level, definitely.
0: Yeah, because I think with the other Welsh lads, obviously, someone like Joe Allen's had a lot of injuries and barely played. Obviously, Aaron Ramsey hasn't really shone for Juventus. Gareth Bale's had obviously incredible moments, but uh, across the season, and no one's really done it in the Premier League for Wales, week in, week out. Obviously, none of our goalkeepers are playing. Joe Roden's in and out of the squad. Uh, David Brooks has been injured.
2: I guess you have like Tyler Roberts, but whenever I watch Leeds, he he's not doing it for me. Like uh, he hasn't really lit it up in a way. I suppose he's getting lots of game time, which is great.
0: Yeah, he's a really weird one for me, Tyler Roberts. I really don't know what to make of him.
2: Yeah, same.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's. Do you know what? It's it's such a good shout mentioning Tyler Roberts, uh, Sarah, as well, because I I think I agree with the uh, the Perry. Like he he. Does so well within that system at Leeds, mm. but whenever I watch him for Wales, I just sort of think, oh, I just can't see it. I mm. just can't see it. You know, he's clearly the, the the lad's got talent. I say the lad. He's not that young anymore, is he? No. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know, but but clearly um, you know, and I, I've got massive respect for for Bielsa. Um, clearly, he rates him. Um, so so he's definitely got something.
0: Yeah, because he's, he's one of the only lads playing consistently in the Premier League now. I mean, you've got... Yeah, um, which which
1: is crazy, really. Right, I know, yeah. Yeah, I guess Dan
0: James is the other one, again, but it's all in fits and starts with Dan, isn't it? He, he goes and he, yeah. he had a, a good run of scoring goals, but then he's in and out of the team and he doesn't really get um, a run at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a weird position now going into these Euros compared to what we were five years ago before twenty sixteen. Where a lot of our squad aren't playing week in, week out.
1: Yeah. Um has has that has Ampadu done enough to warrant to mention? I mean he's he's sort of done okay in certain games, but he's yeah. been a been a tough season, hasn't it?
0: Bad team to be at. Obviously, I think oh, they, yeah, yeah, what definitely. a disaster yeah. of a season for him in the end. Yeah. Um but, but yeah I, you know
1: he, he's he's had a couple of good games you know even within a struggling side he's mm. done okay but probably not enough to warrant a, a player of the no. season No yeah like I think say,
0: it's, it's got to be between Kiefer and Connor for me um yeah, obviously Kiefer's good. got the goals and I think Connor's done really well in a in a really good defense so I think between the two which is mad really 5 years yeah. ago say not you know the two best most consistent Welsh club players end up yeah. being from Cardiff and Swansea Yeah <laughs> which is mad yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so which is also good to see. Um, so yeah, I think uh, obviously if you're listening and you, you've got any suggestions, obviously absolutely uh, send them in. Um, I know for a fact that if you're a Cardiff fan, you're gonna think that Kiefer's the the best and uh, or had the best season. I know if you're a Swansea fan, you think Conor Roberts is gonna have the best season. Um, but I think looking at it ob- objectively, they've both had uh, excellent seasons and, and are two really important players now for us going forward. So, we're joined by a very special guest, uh, uh, Yusuf Ismail, who is yes. uh, the brains behind uh, the My City, My Shirt project and the fantastic mural down Cardiff Bay. Yeah, talk me through um, sort of the project uh, and, how, and how it came, and, and you know, what the aim of the project was.
3: So, so essentially the project was right, for me to showcase the you know, diverse communities within Cardiff right, using football as a platform. Because football, again, it naturally has a platform or it, ha- or it naturally has the ability to bring people together, right? um, which is one of the most beautiful things about football. So I thought using that shirt to tie in narratives like that or themes like that would be uh, very powerful. So it started off by me going to JD Sports, picking up a single Cardiff City football shirt, and then just finding people from my community or people from the community of Cardiff right, in general who have interesting uh, background stories, some of it directly football related, some of it uh, less fo- uh, football related, but still community um, involved or community engagement kind of narratives to tie in with football, because I think even prior to everything that we're seeing today, let's look at 2021, right? Something very interesting happened only a couple of weeks ago with um, the European Super League, right? Mm. Um, It showcased how integral the fans are to the actual game, right? And how football really is, it belongs to the people. It doesn't belong to a bunch of rich owners, right? And it's tapping into that whole fact of the communities um, are more powerful than the individual. And it was something that, again, which was a a theme behind the project, in a sense, that um, showcasing the community, showcasing the people who make the club what it is, right, or the fans of the game, is the whole beauty of football.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, And... When you sort of look at uh, the players on the pitch, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many uh, different ethnicities and races mm-hmm. out there, and it doesn't replicate in the stands. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is the case, uh, sort of using Cardiff City as, a, as mm-hmm. an example? Um, and I know, you know, some fan bases are more diverse than others, but yeah. Cardiff being such a diverse city, why is that not replicated into the fan base?
3: very simply it's because the communities who um, are not going to these stadiums never ever felt that Cardiff um, City as a club reached out to them. Which is a great shame because if you look at the players that they have there, um, like you said, right, um, they're diverse. For example, Saul Bamba was at this uh, mural uh, a few days ago. Uh, We go to the same mosque, right, and um, so that's like equivalent of us going to the same church. Mm. And he, I, I remember like we had a, a very initial conversation around about like um, the back end of 2019. We were sat in his car and I was explaining to him about this idea that I had, right? Because at that time it was very early on, right? And he asked, he turned around and he asked me, why are these people who are in the mosque, right? Who you can clearly see as football fans, why are mm. they never at the stadium? And then I explained to him, so, these people feel that the stadium don't want them there. It might, it might be a complete misconception, right? Mm. But the club have never extended the, uh, the olive branch, so to speak, right? To say to them, listen, guys, this is your club, you know? And um, I think that's at the root of the problem.
0: Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I mean, it's difficult coming from my position as, as a straight white man. Um, and obviously, Tommy yourself as well. I'm assuming with Wrexham, it's, it's it's quite similar. Albeit, it's a very you know diverse place, Wrexham. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't um, does. I don't think the fan base represents the area. Mm-hmm.
1: No, ab- absolutely not. I think it's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, just just uh, just to talk about Wrexham. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it, Wrexham is a diverse place, but. Not, not so much in colour. There's 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 a, there's a huge Polish community and Portuguese mm-hmm. community in Wrexham, and um, and to be honest, uh, you very rarely see or hear any sort of Polish accents or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. And they they don't feel like Wrexham Football Club is a place for them either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a different issue, but it's quite a similar issue in many this ways it, as well. Yeah, very similar. But, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, just to say, Yusuf, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Wales fan, and um, you know. I come down to Cardiff for Wales matches, but not a lot else. But from my perception of Cardiff, you've got areas like Grange Town and uh, and Butte Town, uh, where where the mural was, I believe, if mm-hmm. that's right.
3: That's correct. Um, yep.
1: And and you know th- these are places with uh, with huge populations of um, of different ethnicities or whatever. Is do you find that the same issues are there with with Wales games as they are with Cardiff games? Do people do people feel Welsh in these communities, or do they feel marginalised?
3: One okay. First things first. I think the the same problem in Cardiff City is replicated or even duplicated at a bigger scale in Wales, right? And yeah. let's go back to twenty sixteen, right? So twenty sixteen, I was a lot younger. You're wrestling as a, as a Somali, right? You're wrestling with the idea, right? Um, are you Welsh? Are you Somali? And you, as you grow older and you evolve, you realize you're both and you can, you can be both, right? Yeah, that's your, totally fine, you, isn't it? Yeah, dual heritage. Yeah, dual heritage is totally fine, right? It's totally healthy, right? Um, but I remember back at 2016, it was a big turning point in Euros where a lot of people within a Somali community, right, realized right, who, again, were born and bred in Cardiff, who didn't really um, identify with being Welsh, right? The penny dropped for them. They looked at um, that team and they said to themselves, "I identify with that team. I identify with that shirt. I identify with everything Wales is about." Because think about it, Wales were the underdogs going into a tournament, all right? Against you know uh, bigger nations, and it's romantic in a sense, right? So, yeah. I felt there was a huge shift in perception within these, uh, like within my community, right? About how we looked at the. Um, Wales as a team. And it was something that we could buy into, right? So fast forward to 2020, um, I'm speaking to the Welsh FA. Um, they've reached out to me because they've seen the uh, My City, My Shirt uh, project, right? And we're having initial discussions. And the d- discussions I'm having with them is, guys, the same problem at Wales is exactly the same problem at the, um, you know, at their, uh, natural, with the national team, right? And we need to go about like kind of like shifting perceptions and the way you go about shifting perceptions is you just make people believe or uh, you know that you care in a genuine way yeah. right you yeah. showcase them, you involve them in organic ways in authentic ways all right you know um, you do you run prob- essentially the project of my city my shirt is an engagement project right it's about engaging communities right it's bringing them into the fold and that's what football can do very easily right but again the people at wales is a It starts with the people, I think, um, at the board level, right? Who, it's not the people at the fans, the people in the stands get it, right? They get it. Like people like you and I, we all get it. We all, because we're on ground level, right? But it's people who are behind desks who don't quite get it, who don't understand, right? And Cardiff City, let's just push them aside, right? looking at everything that's happened 2020 right we've had a pandemic we've had the black lives matter movement we've had so much going on in the world right so if you didn't get it when i um originally propositioned it to cardiff in 2019 post 2020 you should have like this should be like abc this should be just common logic right but then when i was speaking to the marketing and comms team of the welsh uh, of the welsh fa and the equality manager of the welsh fa and I uh, proposed, let's do something called "My Cummerbund My Shirt," right? And we go into all these communities, and we do outreach with them, and we work, and we do it on a bigger scale. The hesitation was immediate. It's like, wow, like, oh, like this is a bit too edgy. How about, Yusuf? Right? We go and do something uh, regarding religious festivals, and we'll do something where. Um, you take photograph uh, a few photographs of people, you know, celebrating Eid, and a few videos of people celebrating Eid and Diwali, which was in my mind completely missing the whole purpose of what the project should have been, right, Or what it could have been, because we've got the Euros coming up in twenty twenty one, right? Again, post pandemic, there's probably not going to be, you know, the same momentum of uh, Euro twenty sixteen, but still, it's a, it's it, it's a it's a major tournament, and I just thought like. Again, like the same attitudes that I'm facing, uh, uh, I was facing in, um, with Cardiff City is the same attitudes, you know, um, with their national team, which is where the problem lies. The problem don't lie with the fans. The problem lies with those people at the top who are failing to, you know, um, pick up on the obvious. Even in those meetings, right? What was quite interesting, right, guys, was um, I was using the English national team. Uh, an example right so if you're gonna um, bring a new idea to somebody you should always give them a reference point right so they can just kind of like digest it a little bit easier and I said to him the English team or the English FA and what England stood for right a couple of years ago right was so far removed from what they are today today they look very diverse they've made a real conscious effort to you know connect those dots, bridge that gap, show that they're more diverse, right? And basically clean up the image, so to speak, right? Especially with these communities, right, that we're talking about and bring them into the fold, right? Um, And they've done a great job of it because, like, I'm looking at what they're doing and, you know, there's definite, you know, huge strides, right? I remember one time, right, if uh, as a black person to wear a Welsh, uh, sorry, not a Welsh shirt, an English shirt, there's a lot of stigma attached, especially if you ask about all oh, the, the older, um, people in my family, like my uncles or like, you know, they would tell you wearing that England shirt was a no-go, right? The white shirt has never been seen like that, right? So um, for them to turn it around like in 2021 where a black person or a person of color or, you know, could wear that shirt and embrace it shows like you know the work the, the positive work they've done in that regards right so to clean up their image and you know having Marcus Rashford helps as well you know but <laughs> yes. yeah, <absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> you know, the ultimate you know, social justice warrior of a footballer but hey you know I
1: mean, like Ryan said it's it's uh, it's sort of difficult I'm, I'm sure you know Sarah would probably agree as well um, it's difficult to comprehend coming from the um, you know it, it, white white privilege is still very much a thing and um, and you know we we perhaps um, you know we 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 would love to be able to understand more and more. I think what you've told us today certainly gives us a better understanding. But um, yeah, just what what do you think, sir, about that?
2: I Also, straight up, like, want to say thank you for this project because as a Cardiff fan, it makes me like so. Like happy and even just as someone from Cardiff, like so proud that you've you've done something like this because I think it's wonderful and it's so beautiful the pictures. Like first and foremost, um, but yeah. You. So um, I come from Cardiff and one of the things I'm most proud about about like Cardiff itself is like it's so rich in like diversity and multiculturalism. Like it's this wonderful uh, wonderful city in, in that respect and um, and I think so. I, I went to Catays High and oh, wow, so. Okay. My and my my mate, uh, player there was called uh, Ibrahim Farre and he played for Cardiff um a bit so Ibrahim Farah. So I I know if and like haven't seen him for so long, but I remember back in back in school like the fact he played for Cardiff was this huge like badge yes. of honour. It was cool like there was like clout there you know that he and he was just it was the coolest thing and and everyone there was obsessed with football. The the city itself I think is like a football obsessed city you know it's part of it. 100%. But yet like they never came to like. Uh, Cardiff City never came to our school, you know, they never came to Fitz-Allen, you know, where like so many people are just obsessed with football, but they wouldn't even know about how to get a ticket, probably, or even it wouldn't be even in their head that like, oh, yeah, I could go to the game, you know. And I think that's a sh- that's such a shame. And I think it's not too late to do that. They could do that now, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just
3: no, honestly, I think it's fantastic. No, no, first things first, super thank you for the kind words, right, but you've just nailed something on the head, right, Um, which I was in a meeting with Carl City and um, I said to them, right, you guys never do any outreach in the local high schools, right, so there's Fitzalan High School, which is down the road, you're never there, Um, Kate's High School, again, it's technically... You know, within a catchment area, you're never there, right? And um, they gave me an excuse where, oh yeah, we look, we work with schools, um, you know, outside of, I don't know, the catchment areas because there's some sort of technicality or whatever, right? It sounded like a bit of an excuse, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, right? But like you said about Ibi Faro, which is so interesting, is because it was exactly that feeling, right? anybody who was associated with either wales or cardiff right on for any sport right was seen as almost like instantly cool like they were like
2: Mm.
3: at the top of the social pyramid so to speak Mm, right yeah
2: yeah
3: you know um because they had a Cardiff city shirt or like um i remember um somebody i knew had some sort of like wales outfit right but like I don't know something random like basketball or something right but again just seeing that dragon on their shirt or whatever just elevated them right in the minds of everybody around them so you know I I think they've missed the trick 100% and but I think as well it shows how far removed they are from the actual situation
2: Mm, yeah yeah like, for sure man like i and i think oh sorry I no was, go on Sarah. i was gonna say there's also that kind of thing where uh whereas like cardiff then with, like kind of city for instance like if he was playing for them but they still seemed like unattainable like if that mm-hmm. makes sense like mm-hmm. that kind of that route to getting onto the stadium mm-hmm. seats like i knew like some BAME kids went to games but like never mm-hmm. in groups like mm-hmm. you know um that was never a thing and mm-hmm. it doesn't like it's it just doesn't make sense really because like maybe you could say like Cardiff weren't that good back then or something like maybe you don't want to go and watch him but like there's definitely a huge missed opportunity uh, for yeah come come to the schools like they they want football like they would love to go give them some shirts like
0: like you said Sarah it's some football mad city like i live i live in Grangetown and the mall is around the corner from me and there's always kids playing football adults playing football i was up uh, in Roth Rec the other day always people playing football, big games of football, like 20, Mm. 30 people of all ages, of all backgrounds playing football. So why is it not, you know, represented in the stadium? And, like, obviously the the clubs aren't doing enough work. So if the clubs aren't doing the work, then I think we as fans have a responsibility to do it. So what do you think, Yusuf, as fans Mm -hmm. of the national team or Cardiff or Swansea or Wrexham or whoever... How can, how can the fans encourage people um, of all backgrounds to come to these games and feel a part of the community?
3: Again, like, I think you hit the hit the nail on the head, right, what you said, right, it's, the onus is upon the fans, right? Even with everything that's gone on in the last couple of weeks, right, we've seen how powerful the voice or uh, the actions of the fans are, right? And in effect, they stop a league forming, right? That's how powerful they are, right? And I think it's, the onus is upon us to recognise, right, that we need to be doing more because we should be doing more and we can do more, right? Sometimes, right, when you look at politics, right, um, you, you look at it and you think to yourself, what is my vote going to do to change, you know, um, you know, the outcome of a general election, so to speak? But then if you break it down, it's about, you know who's in your local area who's the representative in your local area and then you realize you you know your vote has an effect i think football fans have way more power than somebody who just casts a vote in a ballot because we're noisy we're loud we can do stuff which has a statement to it right and the fact that social media as well it just accelerates things at a greater level and i think as well post-pandemic People now have reassessed what their priorities are in life, right? Meaning that they, a, a lot of people, m- myself included, um, I've understood that I have an obligation to what's around me, right? I can't just t- t- uh, turn a blind eye, clock into work, clock out, have a good weekend, go back to work. I feel like I have an actual responsibility to um, do more for my surrounding environment. And I think that's what the by- My City My shit was, right? If, if the pandemic never happened, I don't know if I would have had so much enthusiasm. I think what the pandemic did, it just put a gas, um, like, I don't know, poured petrol on flames of which were already developing, right? Just for me to understand that this is really needed, right? It's more than just about a club and bringing a few fans in. It's about using football for a real, like, change and awareness and engagement that can impact people. Are yeah. you, like,
2: going to continue with the project as well? Is it, like, or is it
3: stopped, you you Absolutely not. Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: what I was hoping you'd say. You know,
3: the thing is, right, <laughs> the reason being, let me explain something to you, I like Miss Sheep in a positive way, right? And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, again, so the people who are working with me, my friends and stuff, they know that's a character trait that's followed me around all my life, right? So um, this has just it's it's a snowball effect, right? So uh, without saying too much, right? Because um, just, you, you, you know, two things, I don't like to speak on things before they actually happens. And more importantly, there's other parties involved. And I'm not sure if they would be happy if I speak on it. But It's a bit premature. But um, I'll be doing a lot of work very, very soon, quite visible, same thing, but for other clubs, which is a bit of a shame in a sense, right? Okay. But I think, in Wales and Cardiff, it always has to happen this way right um, I've been approached by some people to do some work high profile clubs right um within the u k right um, uh, the thing is right um I've been approached right right off the back of the mural i think right um which was the conversations were were happening in the background around about the, ex, uh, the exhibition time. Which, so to give you a timeline, like October twenty twenty, um, we have like initial conversations and whatnot. But now it's something that's very concrete that's going to be happening very very soon. It's bittersweet in a sense because I would have loved to be doing it for my people within my city within my country, right, Wales, right. So, um, uh, but basically, what I've realised is sometimes you have to do stuff elsewhere so people can, from where you're from, can understand what the, because I think Welsh people are conservative um, by nature, right? Um, Not the fans I'm talking about, but more so I'm talking about organizations or whatever, right? Because I felt like when I approached Wales or when they approached me, right? I thought what I was propositioning to them was a bit too edgy for them, all right? And for me to do it somewhere else, is maybe going to help them understand or digest it a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I know I know what you mean. Certainly, um, I think uh, conservative with a small C rather than the uh, the actual party. But, uh, oh yeah, absolutely, uh, the, absolutely. No, yeah. are lot,
3: <laughs> no, Tories around here. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I I, uh, I definitely think so. I think um, you know, but but I think I think that's from uh, you know that, that's that's from. I mean, certainly, I, I come from quite a rural area, and yeah. um, and it isn't it isn't very diverse, but I think I think people generally, um, you know, I, just just for a uh, sort of small example, I suppose, uh, I was in my local, which is like a sort of rural uh, village pub, and um, and there was a black guy there, and mm-hmm. he had he had the best welcome, uh, ever, but mm-hmm. but it was like people. It was almost like people were, like scared to like offend him in some way, and it That's was like, you know, and it's, it was it was sort of like, you know, this guy's just a normal guy like us. You don't need to be scared to offend. 100%. him. you know, and it's like it, it is like people. Um, it's it's like a conservativeness, but it's, but it's not. There's no malice involved in it. Not certainly not on the most part. Obviously, there are racists everywhere. We all know that. But I think more often than not, it's, it's, it's like sometimes maybe uh, the white communities in Cardiff are, are a bit scared to engage with, uh, you know, your community, Somali community or, or, you know, whatever, certainly um, uh, minorities, because I think they're just, there's, there's certainly this thing now where people are afraid to be painted as racists, <laughs> whereas, <laughs> you know, obviously some of those people who are afraid to be painted as, as racists are racist. <laughs> but there's there's certainly some people who are good people but they're sort of petrified to engage with different I
3: 100% I 100% agree with you because like, there's yeah. no malice involved in it it's oh, maybe some of it it's it's well, a lot of it I feel is to do with just being uncomfortable to have that conversation right and if you enga- the thing is right you got to move past like for me Um, because I've always felt like I've always sat on the fringes of a lot of things, right? I felt like in certain situations, I wasn't Welsh enough. Um, I'm not Somali enough, right? So you're always doing like, it's a bit of a balancing act, right? But you're always looking at things from a view of an outsider, right? And something that used to make me kind of like a bit, uncomfortable growing up, I feel like today is, a, um, is definitely a superpower in a sense, all right? Because I, I can quickly empathize with people who don't feel welcomed, right? And looking between the cracks, a lot of it is just people have, being uncomfortable to have that conversation. Because that guy in a pub, yes. honestly, he's just a regular guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and he, <laughs> just just, he,
1: just, he just wanted sorry, mate, sorry to cut you yeah. off. He no, just go, go wanted through. to talk to people Yeah, he just wanted to have a chat, and and, you know, like I say, everyone was so welcoming and so nice, but like overly nice, if you get what I mean. Over nice
3: is a problem. Over Over nice sometimes can be a problem. Yes, you know, because the thing is, right, friendships are never formed by being over nice or it's just by being real. real. Everything is just about being real. Yeah, organic, you know, authentic, right? These kind of words, right? Because it's the truth, right? And um. I feel with Wales, right, like even the issue that we're having with football is directly transferable to um, the Welsh uh, rugby team. Because, again, I look at every time you see Six Nations or you see these wonderful like, games, right, you look around the crowd and uh, basically it's the same issue, you know, it's the same issue. And, um, again, like there's a lot of work to be done in all of these spaces. But you know what the great thing is? Sport has the ability to bring people together naturally Mm -hmm. you know not forced not awkward right you know everybody wants to be rooting for the underdog right you know there's people who are up like 5 a.m last night watching a boxing right they have no um relationship with that mexican boxer is his name canelo right but they love the story they love the story you know and um that's what sport does and that's what these people in these um positions need to understand is that a lot of the engagement work uh helps society and it can be done very easily through sport, in particular football. Everybody loves football, you know? And um, it's, it's a wonderful game, and I just think, like, um, these projects, right, and um, what fans can do, and even podcasts like this, right, it's putting the power back in the hands of the fans, where it should be all along, you yeah?
0: I think that's a really Absolutely. nice place to, to, to finish it up, Youssef. I think you've summed up, Summed it up perfectly, and the work you're doing is is incredible, and I hope you can keep doing it. Um, you know, for uh, in Wales, outside of Wales, um, and yeah, big thank you for coming on. Uh, any any comments from the rest of you guys?
2: I think the project is just wonderful. I think um, it's so visually like striking and means like there's so much to it. It can just be seen as a photograph, but certainly not like it's it's
1: beautiful and I think it'll be kind of iconic in Cardiff's history I think I uh, I was just going to say um, next Wales game whenever we're allowed into the games I think all four of us should meet up Ryan likes a Fanta I like a lager it doesn't (laughs) matter what you drink we'll we'll go (laughs) to the game and we'll We'll have a great time, and do you know it'd be interesting to to meet you both? Uh, I've never met Sarah, and I've obviously never met yourself, uh, Yusuf.
3: No way. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let's let sort it out. I think.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Sounds great. Uh, I'm definitely down for that, right? I just want to go back to what Sarah said because Sarah sounds so cool. Like Sarah actually sounds like one of my friends and stuff, right? Like you know, just <laughs> the whole Cardiff energy, right? And you know. <laughs> um, about going on in welsh history I, I don't want to cry on a podcast all right you know so like you know um <laughs> i just want to say like honestly like it was the least that we could have done for the city and hopefully we can do a lot more
0: right then next up is wrongan of the week sponsored by uh, agent phillips i must say because i didn't put it on twitter um, and he has sent me a strongly worded fax about has that. It,
1: have you had your uh, brown envelope from Mr. Phillips?
0: No. Again, one of the reasons why I didn't put it on uh, Twitter, he hasn't actually sent me any of the uh, the forged cash he promised me, so no. um, we'll be chasing he, he him sent, up at some point.
1: He sent me a uh, Mickey Thomas £17 note earlier, so
0: uh, that's <laughs> Hiya, hi, Mickey. Hope, you, hope you're watching, uh, listening even. Um, <laughs> right, so last week's results uh in third place graeme soones cows poor, poor showing from graham but i think we did predict uh, that would be the case yeah um,
1: that that was uh, that was just one that um made me particularly angry at that time because i'd seen it <laughs> 2 hours previous so yeah <laughs> bad there choice we, from me
0: yeah and in second place was the have i got news for you panel um with uh, 33% of the vote and then yeah. the only vote they've won this week <laughs> Richard Zugaretsky of the abolish the Welsh Assembly Party, uh, pretty much now defunct. I hope uh, that would be the last we see of them. But he can go, go. Uh, he can walk away with his head held high, as uh, <laughs> as he's now got uh, the illustrious alternative Wales wronging of the week. Uh, so. Um, well done, Richard, for being an absolute twat of a bloke.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I love the fact that uh, we've just... By him winning the vote, it's just perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Like just adding insult to injury to a horrible man. I Fantastic. Can't, of
0: all and all the press they got, and yeah. all the people talking about them. they right. ended up with less of a share of the vote. Absolutely so, brilliant. Talk about a silver lining on a pretty mundane election, which yeah. I'm sure might come up again in a minute so i think it might yeah, yeah as uh richard uh, zugaretsky was a uh, geras choice geras choice and he was last week's guest sarah you can take it away this week who have you got
2: thank you I'll, i would like to nominate a, a collective of people um and it is everybody that voted the conservative party like what Why are people still doing that right now we're in <laughs> Then we're in a pandemic and it was not handled particularly well, was it? And I can't believe people are... Like, I feel like we're in a strange, dark timeline, like a loop. And it's just constantly, it's repeating and repeating. And I don't understand it. And I'm exasperated by it. And yes, I'm, I'm just... Is just pissing me off? To be honest, mm.
0: I think it's an absolutely uh, perfect uh, uh, shout, and this is exactly what this this segment is for. Um, He's out
2: there still doing it. Like, was why? yeah? It's just, it's come just, on, man. It's objectively bad.
0: You look like I come. I come from a place of bias on a lot of these things, but when you look at the cold hard facts, at what point? I know the Labour Party are dreadful. Um. Especially in England, and you could argue a lot uh, bad in Wales as well. But at what point do you think they're that bad that you're going to go to
1: the, the even worse part? Yeah, I, I saw someone say on there, oh, by the way, uh, Sarah, you're definitely on the right show. That was perfectly put, by the way. Uh, um, dear. I, I, to, be honest, to be honest, I think I might even vote for you myself, really. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I, yeah like I saw someone earlier on I mean um, you've got the um, the situation over the border in Hartlepool haven't you mm. uh, where they've I saw a guy give an interview on uh, BBC Breakfast News and he said um, oh you know we we've always voted Labour here uh, because we're working class but we've got our hospital uh, hasn't you know, got enough bloody uh, nurses, doctors, whatever, and he's complaining about lack of police on the streets. He said, so I've had enough. I'm voting Conservative. And it's like, so hang on, you, you're pissed off because the party, and you're blaming the party that hasn't been in power for 11 years for all <laughs> the things wrong with your town. It's just beyond, and it's like the Tories are just sitting there laughing going, I can't believe how stupid and gullible these people are. But here here in Wales as well, right, you know, Mm. you you talk about, um, you know, uh, Sarah mentioned before about the pandemic and stuff. Surely that's enough to sort of say, you know, that's enough to say we need the NHS more than ever. Let's not hand over power to the the, the people that want to privatise it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, What worries me is that if this wasn't enough, like what is enough?
0: Um, exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking. <laughs> Sorry, does it exactly. Stop? You know, it, it just keeps. There's something every week, isn't there? Now, whether it's you know, sort of Boris Johnson's personal life or, or another corruption allegation, um, you know, there's over a hundred thousand people have died. It's one of the highest death rates in the world, and it's just yeah. where does it stop? What at what point do do the people go? This isn't right, um, and I I saw someone put a tweet out the other day that that argued that and i think they're spot on that margaret thatcher might have been the most successful british politician of all time because she changed everything she made she she ravaged communities to the point where everyone is now thinking about themselves so everyone votes in their best interest you know how can i make more money how can i live a better life and they forget about the rest and then when they do need the, the state as such there's no state for them to get at and then yeah. the th- i mean I, I don't think we can talk too much about the tories without mentioning the failures of the labor party especially at uk level yeah. Yeah. um and how they just do not offer a viable alternative anymore um to the tories because it's just like tory light yeah. um and it's just this middle ground of just at least with Jeremy Corbyn, people loved him or hated him. At least yeah. he he gave you a feeling of one way or the other. And I don't think the Labour Party does that anymore. It's just indifference. Um, and, unfortunately, instead of going to the smaller parties or in Wales and Scotland, uh, the, um, the SNP or Plaid Cymru, um, that... Yeah, there's just no people have got are finding the alternative in the wrong place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you sort of, uh, I hear the, I hear the rhetoric quite often. Uh, Labour aren't the party of the working class anymore. No. But, but yeah, that that may be true, and and I, I would probably go along with that. But, so the answer to that is vote Tory. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, Labour, Labour aren't for the working class. I'm going to vote Tory. Oh yeah, they're definitely for the working class. The yeah.
0: Tories—it's just beyond. Yeah, well, I think you might be on to a winner there, Sarah. Um, yeah, waste yeah,
1: man. <laughs> I've decided I'm definitely voting for you, Sarah. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm not even—I'm not even going to bother with my nomination. There's no point.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> my um, my pick is—I'm uh, actually going to go for Welsh Labour. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's obviously been a few uh, ins- instances this week uh, obviously a few uh, people with some ridiculous takes but i'm mainly focusing my uh, my anger of welsh labor into um the rom the um uh the Romve seat um yeah. and the fact that they've unseated uh, the best politician in wales yeah. um and They put so much energy into trying to unseat Leanne Wood um, when there were other seats they should have focused on and they claim to be this, like you said, the party of the working class, the party of the left and they've just unseated our best working class left politician uh, in a generation Um, and it's really disappointing. Um, And then you've got that, Oh, Chris Bryant coming out. What a horrible bloke. Ugh. Horrible bloke.
1: Awful, awful man. He he is he is the he is the epitome of a red Tory.
0: Yeah. Coming out and saying it was such a success and Leanne Wood has worked tirelessly for the last year and before. Yeah. Uh, feeding, mm. you know, the one of the poorest places in Europe and Western Europe at least. Um, you yeah. know, um feeding the people of Ronda who would just before the pandemic hit were absolutely ravaged by the floods um and i just feel like they've just picked on the wrong person and and i think welsh labour in general have this really weird attitude towards um t- towards the um Plaid cymru um like Plaid cymru they definitely have their flaws i know they're not perfect but they are they have the best politicians i think not all of them are great but they definitely have the best share of them compared to other people other parties um and i just feel like they they oh they're punching down instead of at, at the tories who really mm. are the real enemy um and i think it was uh, a morgan i think um turned around and sort of pointed at Plaid Cymru voters as to why they lost in I want to say South Pembrokeshire,
1: Preseli um, Pres, yeah, yeah. Pembrokeshire.
0: Yeah, Preseli Pembrokeshire. You you've know, heard, saying by, that if, by
1: saying this now, you've you've took away my and My and was going to be a Linhead Morgan. Oh well, we'll get on to a Linhead then. <laughs>
0: I'll 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 I'll, I'll I'm hold come back up with back on one, right? Okay, no worries. <laughs> we'll we'll throw a Linhead in with with uh, with, with yeah. the Welsh with Welsh Labour. Um, yeah, but yeah, just these sort of weird comments. Instead of like, obviously, the Tories now are the main opposition in Wales to the Labour Party, and I feel like. All the, the the rhetoric after the after the, the dust is sort of starting to settle has been pli- um, Labour attack implied still, and it's just like, yeah, know know your enemy and just figure out who yeah. the who you really want to be. Uh, but yeah, so it's been just
1: just on that subject, uh, right? I was just hmm. going to say the uh, Praselli Pembrokeshire, uh, Leonard Morgan made made the point that um, we told you vote Plyde, you get Tories. Mm. Um, which, which is such an entitled way of looking at it. It's mm. just ridiculous. But interesting, she didn't mention that actually in Aberconwy, up mm. here, it was actually the opposite. If you voted Labour, you got Tories. If you had voted Plaid who had a far better chance of getting in, and Natalie missed out. So it's interesting, isn't it? They don't mention that. Mm. It's just an entitled way of looking at it. It suits their like, agenda. The, the Labour Party manifest... Well, not manifesto, but their their, their tagline, their, uh, their raison d'être, is that what you say it? Mm. I'm trying to come across, across as uh, educated <laughs> and failing miserably. But um, they they basically may as well just say, oh, vote for us because we're not the Tories. Yeah. It's like you've got you've to have more reason than that. Mm. And trying to appeal to Plaid voters by saying, well, if you carry on voting for Plaid, you'll keep getting Tories it's just it's not on is it and it's it's actually i think um you know the the electoral commission should you know they can't look into stuff like that but it's it's just so against what you should be campaigning for Mm. and it really irritates me it
0: just it just it just um it sort of uh nails in the point that uh, sort of the UK um and, and, and maybe Wales to a degree are becoming like solely a two party state um yeah. you know in the model of America and it shouldn't be the case the voting system it doesn't suit um doesn't suit multi parties really um is very much you know the fact that in, in any constituency vote you've you've if you want to keep the Tories out, you've really got to vote tactically as to who the yeah. the closest opposition is. Because Unfortunately, if you probably do look at most of the seats that the Conservatives won, if you put something like Labour and the Plaid vote together, you would probably beat the Tories every time. Um, but then again, Plaid offers something different to Labour, and the Greens offer something different to Plaid and to Labour. You know, and I think they're a really good viable party, and they've done really well in Scotland as well. Um, but yeah, it's just it was just. All the sort of the hope and positivity that the independence movement has sort of garnered over the last um, few years just felt just deflated a little bit. I know it's still there. And I and I, I tweeted on, on, on the Alternative Wales account about now's the time for us to organise and get out in your communities and, and just make them better places. Because the people who are in charge of this country don't have the people of Wales's best interests at heart mm. whether they do say they are they, they whether they they say they do um and party politics at the end of the day never really changes anything it's it's the people and the communities that do change these things so i think it's important you know find your, you know local um community projects you can get involved um uh, get involved with um educate yourselves on 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 sort of like uh you know movements and 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 uh make it, you know societal changes from the grassroots because i think that's the only way we're going to change wales for the better is by just going out and doing it and i think we can't sit there and wait for things to change electorally because i think i can't remember who it was but uh, before the general election in 2019 someone made such a profound point um that if if voting changed anything it would be made illegal and I was just like wow that sort of blew my mind a bit um and I just think yeah I think we've really got to now go out there help the people in need because you know unfortunately we're not going to get rid of food banks anytime soon in this country you know we're not going to get rid of racism in this country anytime soon homophobia all these sexism all these huge you know things that divide people I think we've got to get out there now and do our bit um and you know Try and change Wales and make it a better place. Um, so yeah, got a little bit profound there. Right. Right.
1: I think I think you must have had more coffee than me this morning. <laughs> Sorry, it's
0: been a really long weekend. <laughs> my head's completely. I thought blown was off. Moving, but yeah, it was moving, man. Yeah. Well. Uh, right. Right. Tommy, who's your pick?
1: Okay, so you've uh, you've completely ruined my uh, Leonard Morgan uh, thing. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with um, flat pack furniture. <laughs> <laughs> from uh... <laughs> sorry, uh, I did that. That uh, flat pack furniture from IKEA. You know th- this politics; it's important and that. But let's talk about the real issues here. Um, flat pack furniture from IKEA. Is it's all nice, and you think, oh, you know, we'll get it home. This will only take me half an hour, and um, it actually ends up taking um, an absolute idiot like me most of the weekend to assemble these things. Um, you know, it's it's just a great idea in theory, um, but in practice, it's uh, it's a logistical nightmare, um, and also uh, quite often you need um, you know various tools that uh, that you know a lot of people don't have, especially someone like me who's not a DIY whiz. Um, so yeah, Rai, you've put me in a corner um, with the uh, with the old Welsh labour. Morgan. Yeah, I, I, I do think I've, we need uh, we need some level
0: we need some levity in 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 the picks um yes yeah. you know i feel like you are the monster raven loony party pick toward you yes, know to, the, to yeah. the labor and conservative <laughs> so
1: that's what i bring to the table definitely
0: yeah. i i mean i absolutely agree i hate flat pack furniture um i remember trying yeah. to build a shelf from ikea went and i had to go back and buy two more because i broke them both um
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and that's the other thing yeah like they're so flimsy aren't they mm. like uh you know you you, you don't you know, it's not cheap stuff either, is it? Well, not to a uh, working class bugger like me, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, just just you know, get in the sea as far as I'm concerned. Yeah.
0: From- from <laughs> I I'm sure it'll garner some votes, uh, Tom. I'm sure people th- there'd be a few few people out there who've been building it this weekend, and you're going yeah, really to really to resonate with honest,
1: them. That's all I care about. After the uh, Graham Sunace debacle last week, I just want to get some votes. That's all I care about.
0: Yeah. Oh absolutely fair enough. I'm sure there'll be.
1: As you go, I should go into politics, you. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> ne- Bro- neo neoliberal anti uh, anti flat pack furniture party.
2: <laughs>
0: well, that was uh, the wrong end of the week. Um, so you can vote for uh, everybody who voted for the Conservative Party, uh, Welsh Labour, and flat pack furniture from IKEA. Uh, the vote will go up on Friday, um, and you can uh, take your pick um to to to, uh, to crown this week's wrong another week right next up is uh the alternative wales soundtrack every week uh, one of us picks a uh, uh a track by uh, a welsh band or artist and we'll have a little chat about it uh it could be old could be new last week we chatted about bandicoot and ONevoid. Uh, so I hope you checked that out and enjoyed it. Uh, Tom, th- it's your pick this week. Uh, what are you going for?
1: Um, I've gone for That's Bluggy and Carnie Um That's Bluggy in Welsh language circles are uh, quite a well-known band. Um, but still, uh, a lot of people, you know, I speak to a lot of people who perhaps aren't into their Welsh language music and they've never heard of them. And I tell them, regardless of whether you understand Welsh or not, you need to listen to this band um, they're really, really good. Uh, they're from the 1980s, 90s, and they um, they had a massive influence on the, you know, on on the the massive Welsh language bands like Gorky's and uh, Super Furries And um, yeah, this track Carney Gumby is just a brilliant, brilliant track musically and lyrically. Um, and um, yeah, with with the election being last week, it's uh, it's quite politically motivated. So I thought it was topical, really. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: Um yeah. so this is uh Gumry yeah. by Dark
3: Flagger. Wastel Mind you lad bask Buffin Mindy Spine Vino some anachi bugai where deed are a processive gairy Minsoid morgais, Morgeis, <laughs> Iguine Person, Kobol Kurtis,
1: Riskal Vitrin, I Brivaskhumri, Chuckin' ice are a train gravy, but a waiter of V Bord and Junkie Naboard with the foster ply cunry the
0: a that was canny Gumery by that uh, bluggy uh a really good pick and like you said very timely um considering the uh, the election
1: it's it's a really really uh, good track this one it's one of my favorites
0: yeah I mean I don't know much about Dat Bluggy. I've heard obviously um I, I first got into them uh when I heard a time Lad, um but it, obviously the super free animals cover um and then I, I went back and found out about them but yeah a really interesting band um and i know they're yeah. working a bit with um with White at the moment as well which is really cool um sort of you know like a crossover of generations but i, I know they've been very influential um and obviously the track itself it's almost quite uh like a like a spoken word poem sarah so it's very much i'm assuming up your street yes
2: yeah, so i was wondering uh when i was listening to it. it's like this sounds like a poem it's like mm. a um, so I'm a Welsh learner, so I didn't uh, really understand all of it when uh, upon first listen. So I sat down with my friend uh, with with Ellen, and we sort of went through it, and uh, we were I was saying what what does this mean and kind of what's the because there's lots of terms of phrases, right, that you wouldn't mm-hmm. really understand coming through it unless uh, unless you really knew your your Welsh. Um, and I was kind of curious. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, um, is is some of what it what it's saying is talking about like elitism in Welsh language? Is that part of the? Because what it seemed to be from uh, from going through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm a Welsh learner as well, but I've I've tried tried to translate it in the past, I feel like it's almost a little bit critical of that sort of elite mm. in Wales. The,
1: the, um, the crachach, cra- the um, yeah. as they call them. Yeah. He's been very he's out very outspoken about um, you mm. know sort of all sorts of uh, topics like that.
0: Um, and they've obviously been a huge influence on, like you said, Super Free Animals and the Gorkies. Um, so a really big band in in, in Welsh music history uh, and probably worth delving into the back catalogue uh, in future. OK, now it's time for our game, uh, Play Your Caps Right. Uh, basic premise is... Um, We start with a Welsh uh, footballer, past or present, um, and then the following uh, player, you have to guess uh, whether it's uh, more or less caps than the player before. So, Sarah, as our guest, you get to go this week. Uh, Tommy's on a two-week unbeaten run at the moment after bombing in the first week. So, uh, you might have your work cut out. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we're going to start. We're going to go quite high caps this week in terms of uh, figures. Um, Seeing as uh, Newport have uh, got uh, to the playoff final, Playoff semi-final, sorry, um, and Joe Ledley is turning out for them these days. We're going to start with Joe Ledley, who's on seventy-seven caps. So Sarah, has Ian Rush got more or less caps than Joe Ledley?
2: Wow, oh my goodness. Okay, I feel like this is a trick question because I feel like he's got more.
0: <laughs> it's he's got less,
2: unfortunately. Oh!
0: Joe Ledley had seventy-seven, and uh, Ian Rush had seventy-three. Um I think we've spoke about this. I think the older players sometimes they get scuppered by uh, lack of tournaments and um yeah. their sheer clubs... amount of friendlies as well yeah, probably And the, and the <laughs> clubs not holding them uh, not sort of handing them over um sort of before uh, to, to the to the national setup. So, um Kaus, I feel like this might be an easy one for you actually considering who it is. It's Joey Jones. I hope it is. as Joey, Joey Jones oh. had more or less caps than Ian Rush?
1: So, Rushy was 73, wasn't he? Correct. I believe I believe Joey Jones had 72, so I'm going to go less. Oh, he's good. 72. There you go. Just, On. To be honest, I'm just a massive Joey Jones fan. Yeah, man, all I,
0: I'd, I'd written them all down and then I thought, oh no, he's yeah. going to get bloody Joey Jones. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way I've it got, falls. I've got to, to
1: say as well, I've got to say, by the way, Joey Jones is the nicest man that you will ever meet in your entire life so down-to-earth, and he, do you know what? He's one of these people as well. I'm showing off a bit now. Oh, I've met Joey Jones, but um, I've met him about three times, and he, after the first time I met him, he remembered me the second time, Aww. which is probably the best moment of my entire life. There's nothing Aww. better than
0: when you meet someone of note, and then you meet them again, and they remember you. Absolutely really. I had the
2: same thing happen with Joe Ledley. Like This is so weird. Like, I remember, really? As a kid, I met Joe Ledley outside... Um, a performance of Blood Brothers in the youth <laughs> theatre in Cardiff, and then I met him. Um, like it was about, about time of the FA Cup final because I remember wishing him luck. And yeah, I'd met him. Like I met him as I was a ball girl for Cardiff City, and I met him. Like they gave us the ball kids like a chance to go meet the players. And I said, "Do you remember me for Blood Brothers?" And he said, "Yes, I do." And I believe oh. that he did.
0: Brilliant! Wow,
1: that's amazing. Yeah, Joe Ledley. <laughs> he, like he's one of these people he just comes across uh, i've never met him myself so you're lucky sarah but he comes across as such a nice guy i could just imagine that being true you know
0: just seems like just one of us doesn't he i think Ledley, yeah I think that's and a lot of that 2016 side did right then yeah. so sarah obviously uh joe uh jo- joey jones had 72 caps um has uh welsh midfielder and harrod james uh got more or less
2: i reckon more
0: Correct. Anghara James has got an an impressive 82 caps for the Wales women's side. Go on, go. Right, so, Kaus is 1-all, but you have only gone once. Right, Tommy Kaus has... Let's go. Craig Bellamy got more or less caps than Angharra James.
1: (sighs) Christ. Oh, God, that really is tough. I'm going to go slightly less...
0: You are correct. He's had 78 caps. So 2-1. Okay. So Craig Bellamy had 78 caps. Sarah, did former national team manager Mark Hughes have more or less caps than Craig Bellamy?
2: I'm going to say... Wait. I don't know if I'm going to fall for that older player kind of thing again, but uh, I'm going to say more.
0: Oh, Sarah, He oh.
2: had 72. No, I can see, see, see the pattern in this You're way. over overthinking <laughs> it.
0: You're overthinking <laughs> it. <laughs> right, right, right Kaus, you can go 3-1 up here. Yeah. Oh, so, Mark enough. Hughes, 72 caps. Did Tash Hardin of the Wales women's team have Ooh. more or less? Oh, what a legend yeah, Tash as, is, by the absolute way. Absolute Lovely.
1: legend, I was going to say. Absolute legend. Uh, I'm going to go more.
0: Yep, spot on. 80 caps. She's been ever-present and a great player.
2: I'm bad at this game.
0: You should have seen Tommy's first go. He had one out of five.
1: Do you know what? I I made the mistake. I didn't revise at all. And ever since then, I've dedicated my life to
0: (laughs) (laughs) right then. So, Sarah, Tash Harden had 80 caps. Did uh, Captain Fantastic, Ashley Williams, have more or less?
2: Ooh, I reckon he had more
0: he did indeed, 86 caps
2: go on, bit of like...
0: a stalwart bit of a stalwart yeah. and what a guy big man right, cows. Ashley Williams had 86 from one fantastic Wales captain to another and another great Wales manager Gary Speed, did he have more or less than Ashley Williams
1: oh, I should know this Yeah, it, yeah, I think he had about 92, I'm going to go more no, you're wrong. I think you're thinking of Big
0: Nev, aren't you? He had eighty five no, no, speed. I, did
1: I, I know the difference between Neville Southall and Gary Speed, right? <laughs> <laughs> ne- oh, ne- <laughs> ne- Nev, Nev, had ninety two. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, right, okay. Because it was always <laughs> Nev was
0: Nev was top top cap caps, yeah, and Gary Speed yeah. was top outfield player. Ah,
1: there you go. That's, what That's
0: why doing. I thought you got a mix up. Yeah, Gary Speed had eighty five, <laughs> so it's three <3-2. laughs> two. Uh, to uh, Kaus going into the last go syrup. you've got to get this to win it Gary Speed had 85 caps did his predecessor Brian Flynn have more or less
2: I'm going to go with Gary and I reckon that I'm going to say less
0: you are correct. I gave it away, didn't I, by saying he yeah, had the most outfield gap. Oh, I, didn't know. I, I didn't
2: pick that up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm well. so dumb. I never even heard that.
0: <laughs> right then. Yeah. So, Kaus, to, to win hey, it...
1: But, Ryan, you're leaving that in. You're not
0: having yeah. oh, no. that out. I'm leaving that in. that in. I didn't
2: hear it. I did not, I swear.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> Kaus, to, to win it... Um, or take it to a tiebreaker for the third week in a row. <laughs> oh, dearly. Did Andy Melville have more or less caps than Brian Flynn? Has to be less, surely. You. Is that your final answer?
1: That's my final answer.
0: Ah, oh, he's done it this week. Four, yes. three. Congratulations. He had 65 <laughs> caps. <laughs> he only had one less cap yeah. than Brian Flynn, but uh, but yeah. I
2: need to revise.
0: Next time, Sarah, <laughs> you, you'll be I'm on. Study. And, yeah, study. Right, so that is uh, everything for this week. Um, big, big thank you again for everyone who's been listening, and a big thank you f- uh, to Sarah for coming on. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you back soon enough. Um, obviously, we're not far away from the Euros, so we'll have uh, we'll have some comments on you pre-Euros, I'm sure. So, uh, have you enjoyed yourself, Sarah?
2: I've had a lovely time, but thank you so much for guys for having me. No worries at all. And couch.
0: Big thank you again for popping on and uh, and um, and giving us your thoughts on on all things football, Wales, politics and everything as usual.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm just off to uh, answer a lawsuit from Ikea now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we're not going to no, get sponsorship from Ikea anytime soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, cheers. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, as well. Brilliant guest.
2: Thank oh, you. no, thank you. Have a lovely time. Amazing. do it again, let's go yes, again
0: we'll do it again, yep, yeah, so obviously uh, quick reminder that issue 2 of Alternative Wales is now available to pre-order on our website, alternativewales.com you can get in touch with us on Twitter Facebook, Instagram um, and email us at contact at alternativewales.com so it's been my pleasure and um, yep, yeah, thanks again for listening and tuning in every week, um, I'm having a great time, so big thanks to Sarah and Kaus again, uh yn and holl yeah. <laughs>